Uh, like I said, you picked a great day to be here. I'm really excited to go a little deeper. Somebody say deeper. deeper. Uh, today and this week as we started a brand new sermon series. Last week we started a brand new topic, a theme, something uh, that I believe the Lord is really in. And I've been excited to go deeper and he's been challenging, not just me, but I think us as a church to really see where I am in my relationships. Right? Does anybody remember the name of the title of the sermon series that one person paid attention? What was it? Brother's Keeper, right? Brother's Keeper. And we are on part two today. And so the Lord was just showing me, God wants us to grow deeper with him, get this, through our relationships with others. Did you know that? God wants us to go deeper with our relationship with him through our relationship with others. It's really our relationship with others that reflects my relationship with God. Isn't that cool? Isn't that crazy how God works? If my relationships that I'm in currently are dysfunctional, if there are offenses, if there are things that I'm not working through, the people that are closest to me, the people that I love the most, my brothers and sisters in Christ, then that means there's something wrong with my relationship with God, right? Because Jesus, do you remember he narrowed the Ten Commandments down to two? Does anybody remember what he said? He said, love God as, with, with everything that you have, your body, soul, your mind, your understanding, everything, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And so as we are striving to be our best brother's keeper that we can be, our relationship with God has to be Number one, that I have to see and value others and see and recognize that others are going through stuff. Things, I, I, my faith can't be all about me. I can't be so self-focused so on me and my faith and, and my problems. Yes, I know we all have faith and problems. Be in your word every day, pray, be in connection with, with, with God above. But I can't miss those Holy Spirit moments when God says, hey, so-and-so may be hurting. So-and-so may be going through some stuff. And I want you to be my hands and my feet. I want you to be your brother's keeper, right? Loving God and loving people, right? One last thing I have before we dive in. One of the most important, powerful ways that we show others that we love them is how we care for them. You can tell somebody every single day that you love them. I love you. I love you. I love you. But you know, people don't really know that you love them until you've shown them that you love them. Right? And so this message of being our brother's keeper is really about providing that ministerial care in the church body. And you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to have a position in this church to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Did you know that? To be able to provide that ministerial care that your brother or sister may need. Don't be that person that says, you know what, Pastor Ian can take care of so-and-so because that's his job. When the Holy Spirit has identified you to call that person or to pray for that person or to sow a seed. right? You don't have to have a position in the church to be your brother's keeper, to love God and to love people. So that's really what we're talking about, where we're going to pick up, where we left off last week. I'm excited. So let's dive in. Look at that foundational scripture that we use. We're just using one verse out of the chunk of scripture that we used last week from Genesis 4. We use the story of Cain and Abel, right? 
how Cain and Abel both brought gifts unto the Lord. And the Lord accepted Abel's gift because it was the best. It was the first. He rejected Cain's. They were brothers. And what happened? Cain was jealous and angry. Instead of keeping his brother, he killed his brother. That's messed up. Tell your neighbor, that's messed up. Right? He didn't keep his brother. He did the exact opposite. So we're using scripture today to show us what not to do. Right? And so verse, verse 9 there in chapter 4, Genesis, it says, Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's keeper? Right? We said last week that sounds a, a little sarcastic. Right? That God asked, asked uh, Cain where his brother was because he didn't know. Now he knew. He wanted Cain to admit to what he'd done. God asks us to admit the things we do wrong, not because he doesn't know, but because he wants us to use faith. But that's a whole different message for a whole different day. He responded with, am I our brother's keeper? And I want to tell you today that, yes, you are your brother's keeper. God wants to use you to help keep the brothers and sisters in your life that God has surrounded you with inside the will of God. And that's really what a brother's keeper is and what he does and what she is and what she does. It's that love of God that says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep my brothers and sisters inside the will of God. Because I love, because I care, I'm going to show them. I want the best for them. And I am going to fight for them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep them inside the will of God. And Cain did the exact opposite. I asked you all to write a question down last week. Did anybody write it down? You remember what it was? I asked you to write it down. I said, are you keeping your brother or are you killing your brother? And I know none of us would say, you know what? I'm killing my brother, right? We would never admit to that. I hope and pray none of us would actually go and kill somebody. Uh, if you're having thoughts about killing your spouse or something like that, come see me after church, okay? We can talk through that, work through that. Uh, but So none of us would admit to killing somebody or wanting to kill somebody. But I challenged you, a lot of us have aided and abetted in assisting the enemy in spiritually killing our brothers and sisters. How do we do that? Ignoring the signs. Ignoring the little Holy Spirit nudges. Trying to beat people over the head with my opinions and what I think instead of just sitting and listening to their heart. Right? When I do that, when I ignore the signs, when I reject the invitation of the Holy Spirit to help people, I'm actually aiding and abetting the enemy into spiritually killing my brothers and sisters. Y'all, maybe we'll be accountable to that. When God asks us to give an account, and there was a moment where I said, you know what, I'm too busy to love so-and-so. I don't have time to love so-and-so. We may be accountable to those actions, to those thoughts, to the way that we demonstrate the love of God. So look at that first recap point. That's what we said. We said, as Christians, we have a moral and spiritual responsibility to be our brother's keeper. We are commanded to love one another just as Jesus loved us. Guys, our love in the church has to be our number one attribute. If we fail at loving at providing, at ministering, uh, pastoral care, ministerial care, the enemy is going to continue to gain ground in the church, continue to gain ground in the world. 
And the Lord wants us to not just love each other, but help each other. We're all members, part of the same body, right? Anybody a part of that same body of the church where Jesus Christ is the head? We're all members of that same body. You know, and I said last week, much of the church's focus is on growth, right? We want to grow the church. We need to invite people in off the streets. Yes, that's good. We need growth. A healthy church is a growing church. But you know, we can't overlook, we can't overlook maintaining the members and the people and the souls and the bodies that are already here. It's just like maintaining your vehicle. Who's got a vehicle? You know what happens if you don't change the oil on that vehicle? It's going to die. You're going to have some problems. Just like the church, we have to maintain. We, we, we got to love each other. We got to check up on each other. We got, we got to be in relationship. We got to be connected. We got to do maintenance relationship maintenance with each other so that we can live in victory. It's our responsibility for us to check up on our brother and sister. It's our responsibility to show the love of Christ on our brothers and sisters. Look what Jesus said, John 13, 34 through 35. says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you are my, my disciples if you have love. For one another. We can't afford to fail this test. We can't afford to fail the love test. And you know what? It's our love that identifies us as disciples of Christ, Jesus says. So if I'm failing the love test, am I truly a disciple of God? As I started this off, God wants to take us deeper in our relationship with him through inspiring and inviting us to go deeper with our relationships with others. And my relationships with others is a reflection of my relationship with God. It identifies us as children of God. The way I treat people, the way I respond to people, identifies me as a child of God or a child of the world. A child of light or a child of darkness. All right, look at that next point. So we said the end is coming. Does anybody agree we are in the end times? All right, I know, know when Jesus is coming, but I know it's closer tomorrow than it will be today and it's closer today than it was yesterday, but we said, so the closer we get to the end of the age, the more we're going to need each other. Tell your neighbor, I need you. If you got one, put it in the chat. If you're watching us online, I need you because we're going to need each other, right? Uh, and the more the world is going to need to see Jesus. Whether the world wants to acknowledge that truth or not, we need each other and the world needs Jesus. The freedoms that the world is enjoying is because Jesus came. People are living in the freedoms that they are enjoying because of governments, because of whatever else. I said last week, Jesus came and, and declared freedom well before the Declaration of Independence, right? The freedoms that people that even scoff at God and, and, and bash Jesus are enjoying are because Jesus came. Whether the world wants to know it or not, it needs Jesus. And the closer we get to the end times, the more we're going to need each other. And the closer we get to Jesus coming back, you and I need to be even more sold out. You need to be even more dug in because there's going to be opportunity for you to doubt, to question, and to even lay down and roll over for the sake of offense. It may cost your job. It may cost your life. The closer the end gets, the closer you and I have to be sold out for Jesus. And not just on Jesus, the more we got to be sold out on each other. 
Because we're all going to encounter trials and tribulations. We're all going to encounter persecutions for his namesake. If, you, if you're a believer and you confess Jesus, persecution will come, Jesus said. He said, but don't worry, I've overcame the world. But hey, when you're in alone fighting in a battle, sometimes you can forget. And I need somebody beside me to say, hey, I'm with you. Hey, remember? Right? Hey, remember who God is? Remember, I got you. What can I do to help you? How can I pray for you? How can, how can we get through this? Together, So we need to be sold out on Christ and sold out on each other as we are trying to be the best brother and sister keeper that we can be, right? And the last thing I want to say about the world is, whether it wants to believe it needs Jesus or not, I still know that the answer to every single problem, issue, offense, whatever it is, the answer is Jesus, Jesus is the answer to every single equation life has to throw. And so because of that, I want to be dug in. I want to be rooted in Christ. I want to be rooted in the church. I want to be charging the gates of hell with my church family, with my family family. Who wants to run with me? Just a couple. Oh, you all sound good. Let's run together. Right? Let's pray together. Let's prophesy together. Let's raise up these new babies that the Lord keeps blessing us with. Right? Let's raise them up in truth because if we don't, you better believe the world's going to try to raise your kids up in YouTube and, and Netflix and, and Disney movies and Facebook and TikTok. You better believe that if you're not going to do it, somebody will. There's a responsibility for us to keep each other inside the will of God. Do you see that? Keeping each other inside the will of God. So look at that next point. So our instruction, our end time instruction, this is where we left off last week with 1 Peter 4, 7 through 10. We'll read it here in a moment. We're going to use the scripture to validate this point. We said we need to be earnest and disciplined in our prayers. If you're not praying every single day with fervency and faith, what are you waiting for? Are we going to do it tomorrow or are you going to do it next week? If you're not praying every day with fervency and, and faith, what are you waiting for? It says, earnest to be disciplined in your prayers and to show deep love for one another by sharing and serving. sharing and serving. serving. Sharing and serving each other, one another, your brothers and your sisters. We are our brothers. Keeper, it says. So, so these are practical ways that we can provide ministerial care for the church, for our brothers and sisters. We're, we're not called just to pray for ourselves. Did you know that? We're called to pray for each other. We're going we're gonna to dive into that today and how powerful that is when you begin to actually pray and, and bombard heaven on behalf of someone else. All right, so that's a practical way we become our brother's keeper, by praying for them. Right? Another way, it says, is by our showing our deep love, providing that ministerial care. How am I demonstrating the love that I profess and confess for my brothers and sisters and for my church? What am I doing to, to show and demonstrate that love? It's going to take some kind of sacrifice, right? And that really ties into the sharing and the serving. That's how I demonstrate that deep love that Christ asked us to step into is by sharing the blessings of God and by serving not just the church and saved folks, but by serving even lost folks. And like we talk about all the time, trying to build that bridge 
that invites somebody from darkness to light. That's my, that's my, really what the Lord has been stirring me up and challenging me. How do we, as a church, build that, that, that metaphorical bridge, so to speak, from darkness to light by inviting people? What, what do we have that the world doesn't have to offer, right? Instead of bashing people over the head with the word of God, but we don't, we don't substitute truth, Right, but how do we invite somebody who's living in darkness into the light? How do we do that? Right? We gotta love, we gotta serve, we gotta show them who our God is. Right? We're ambassadors for Christ. We are the reflection of God. And it's on you and me, not just to be our brother's keeper, but to reflect who our God really is every day in the world. Every day you go to Walmart and you can't get through the aisles because there's 15 carts. There's nothing on the shelves. So everybody's upset, right? And you're trying to get to the next aisle. You're trying to get this. How you live in those moments demonstrates your God to the world. Right? There's an opportunity every single day for us to demonstrate who our God really, really is. So look at 1 Peter 4, 7 through 10. And so it says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal, place to stay. God has given each of you a gift of his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? Serve one another. So guys, we pray, we show love, we share and we serve. That is how we help keep our brothers and our sisters inside the will of God. And one of the things that we all have to share in, excuse me, I got something in my eye is bugging me. Y'all pray for my eye. And uh, I got a piece of dust in there or something. But uh, one of the things that we must share in is our passion and zeal for, for this, for God's word. And for God's truth. And I just said a while back that we can't substitute this for anything. You can't substitute this for anything in this world. You can't substitute this for a leadership book. You can't substitute this for, for TV time. You can't substitute this for you fill in the blank. And so as we're talking about loving each other and, and sharing and serving each other, one of the things we have to share in is the study and the teaching and, and, and being invested in this every single day. So look at that, that next point. So a strong church is devoted to the teaching and the study of the Word of God. We care for one another when we instruct and encourage one another in godliness, in truth. If at this church we ever start preaching anything other than this, leave. You need to go. I don't care who I am, who I've become. If we start preaching a book that Ian Westbrook wrote, y'all better go. Something's wrong. Something's off. We need to be standing on the word of God. And this is how we help keep our brothers and sisters inside the will of God, is it not? Because God spoke in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, right? The word, and just think about 
words in general. Y'all know words are powerful? Powerful. There are words that somebody spoke to you when you were maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old that still ring in here. And those are mere human words. This is the spoken word of God. It's holy. It's good. It's nourishment to my soul. Uh, Ian needs this every day to remind himself who I was. Because y'all know your pastor is pretty messed up. <laughs> was anybody else messed up before Jesus came in? And I was a sinner. I, I was addicted to alcohol and drugs and sin, Satan and self. And it wasn't until I met Jesus that my life changed. And so I need to be in this word every single day to remind myself who I'm not and where I'm going. Right? And when I remember who I am, that I'm a child of God, you know what, you know what really uh, inspires me to want to do? Tell others that they're called, that they're favored, that if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. And what happens when that happens? We help keep people inside the kingdom of God, inside the will of God. And instead of killing my brother and, and bashing my brother, I begin to keep my brother. Right? We can't live or love without this. You can't live in life, fullness, or in eternity without this. And you cannot really, somebody say really, authentically love somebody else without this. He is love. He commands us what love is and how to love. And so we need to be in this every single day. And guess what's really cool? If you and I become passionate about this, you want to know what the most natural repercussion of that is? You and I become passionate about others. Because I'll see that Jesus didn't come just for me. Jesus came for Billy Bob and Linda Lou and the city of Holly Pond and the state of Alabama and the county of Marshall County or Coleman County. Jesus is no respecter of persons and he wants every single person that will come to the table to see, experience, question and know, and ask if he is good, and he will say undoubtedly, unequivocally, yes, I am. I love you. I'm for you. I, I forgive you, right? So we have to be passionate about the word of God. I want to show you a scripture in Acts. Chapter 8, we're going to be in, and a couple verses there, 30 through 35. Has anybody read the book of Acts lately? You need, if you didn't, you need to be in it this week. Some homework, some challenge for you this week. Get in the book of Acts. Start somewhere. Maybe start in Acts 1. But Acts is just great. So many great signs, miracles, and wonders. The disciples stepping into what God called them to do after Jesus has resurrected. And we're talking about the, excuse me, talking about the Word of God and how important it is. And I love this scripture. Philip, one of the disciples, is teaching and, and preaching the Word of God. Look at verse 30. It says, Philip then ran over and heard the man reading... From the prophet Isaiah. Philip was there and overheard another person reading the Bible. The word, well, it wasn't the Bible then, but the word of God, the scriptures, the prophet of Isaiah. And Philip asked, Do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, How can I unless someone instructs me? I want you to highlight that. 
underlined that. How can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of Scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter as a lamb silent before its shears. He did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. Then the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? I love this. So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. So beginning with the same scripture, it says, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Talk about an opportunity to be your brother's keeper. Philip was keeping his brother by teaching his brother. Right? We, guys hear me, can never be too busy to whatever to take the time to teach somebody who was hungry. Was this gentleman hungry for truth? If the Lord provides opportunity for us to step into deeper relationships, deeper ministerial care, deeper brothers and sisters, relationships, we need to jump at those opportunities. Take those moments. If it's your, if it's your kids, if it's your grandkids that have an interest or a hunger or a thirst for truth, we need to answer that call. Don't let fear or doubt creep in or insecurity creep in that says, I, I don't have all the answers. How, how, how can I teach or show them? Y'all, y'all know Jesus says he gave us the helper, the Holy Spirit, a guarantee, it says. And he is our teacher. And in those moments, if you respond by faith, I promise you, God will fill your mouth. If you respond by faith, God will fill your mouth. And when, when you step into that and just love your brother and sister and teach them the truth and the word of God, those are moments that are going to be some of the best moments in your life. When you, when you see somebody who is hungry and thirsty, starving for righteousness and truth, and you come alongside and help them, there's no bigger calling or greater gift. So Holy Spirit, help us see those opportunities when they come, right? I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss those moments. And y'all, the Holy Spirit, he always sets us up. He always sets us up. You want to talk about a setup for Philip? He's literally reading the, the, the passage out of Isaiah that's talking about Jesus being crucified. Talk about a setup to save somebody's soul that day. How many setups? Are we getting on a daily basis that maybe we don't even see, recognize, or know? And so we need to be in prayer. And we need to be focused and, and fixed on things of heaven and not just things on earth and, and fixed on the tangible things, so to speak. There's always something supernatural going on in and around us. I mean, look at that next point. So being a brother's keeper means we're devoted to the teaching and the study of Scripture. When we rightly divide the word of God, we are able to strengthen our brothers and sisters in Christ and reach our world which is deceived by the lies and the schemes of the enemy. 
if we say that the world is lost, and they're lost because they make up truth, nowadays they say if, if it hurts your feelings, then just make truth whatever you want it to be to make yourself feel better. If you want to identify as a, a tree today, go ahead and we'll acknowledge that you're a tree for the sake of your feelings. I've said this before, as a pastor, I want to value the condition of your soul more than I want to value the condition of your toes. I hope the Holy Spirit allows me to step on your toes every single week because I care more about your eternal destination. Come on, somebody. And if it compromises what God says, then I'm not compromising because I'm sold out for Christ. Right? This is the type of faith that we have to have. This is the type of love and passion and zeal we have to have for the Word of God to be able to rightly divide what truth is apart from lies. And this is why it's so chaotic at times in our world is because people are not getting their news feed from the Word of God. This is the ultimate news feed. Good news feed. And if, you don't, if you're not careful, you'll step off into the woods, into a gray area, and you'll say, you know what did God really say? What, what, what did the serpent say to Adam and Eve? Did God really say? Have healthy questions. Ask God questions in your prayer time. I think he, questions excite him. And you'll be surprised that he'll answer those questions. But don't get yourself set up in imaginations, come on somebody, that sets itself up against the will of God. We're trying to, we said we're trying to keep people inside the will of God. And so I need to be accountable and, and be a good student of the word so that I can't just stand in truth, but now I can fight with truth. Come on, somebody. I know this is a sword, sharper than any double-edged sword, it says, the word of God. And so when I equip myself, I help equip others. Feeding yourself the word of God every single day is essential. Here's the cool thing. When you feed yourself, you become your brother's keeper because the best thing for your brother, your best friend, your best, if you're a girl, your best girlfriend, is that you're in this every single day, not just for you, but for them. Because we all have blind spots. You've heard me say it a million times. And if I'm residing in truth and I'm residing in light, I don't know about, my blind spots become a lot less dark or less blindy, I guess. That's even a word. But I begin to see clearer. God gives me a perspective. I begin to see my problem in a whole new dynamic. And not only for me, I begin to see other people's lives. And you know what? God's maybe trying to do this, and I need to reach out to so-and-so. You begin to pray for somebody. You know, I got a word for so-and-so. The Lord showed me. And what happens? Not just deeper relationship, but now we're moving in the direction that God has for us. Not in lies and darkness, but in spirit, life, and truth, right? Rightly dividing the word of God to strengthen. Somebody say strengthen. To strengthen each other. To strengthen each other. Look at 2 Timothy 2.15. It says, study and show thyself approved unto who? Unto God. Study and prove thyself Unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly there it is, dividing the word of truth. Y'all, just as we physically need to eat every single day, 
We need to be spiritually eating every single day. Y'all ain't none of you skipping dinner. Some of us maybe need to. Why aren't you skipping dinner? Because your physical body needs food. It craves food. And so if I ain't skipping dinner, why am I skipping quiet time? If I ain't skipping dinner, why am I skipping quiet time? Because the best thing for your physical body is to be nourished spiritually by the Word of God. I said you can't substitute this for anything. You ain't skipping Netflix time. You ain't skipping Facebook time. It says the average person spends 10 and a half hours a day scrolling aimlessly through lies, through darkness, through deception, through headlines that make no sense, through headlines that have no truth, off in the weeds, off in the gray patches, fighting fake battles on the interweb. Who thinks this is important? If it's so important, why aren't we prioritizing it appropriately? How can I spend 10 hours a day on Facebook and it's a challenge to be in this for two minutes? Your life ain't going to change if you spend two minutes in the Word of God. Get this, he says to tithe, right? To give the 10%. What's 10% of 24 hours a day? 2.4 hours. Ooh. Maybe that's the minimum? Sorry if I stepped on your toes today. We have to prioritize carving out time to be in this. If you love Jesus, you got to love this. If you love God, you got to love this. If you love the Holy Spirit, you got to love this. And this is the only thing that has the power to change and shift the winds of our life, change and shift the winds of generations of your sons and your daughters. The most powerful thing I can do for Xander and Bodie is to be in this. The best thing I can do, not just as your pastor, but as a dad, as a husband, is to be in this. I have to love this more than anything. I have to be willing to lay my life down for this. You know, there are people in 2022 laying their lives down on a daily basis for the sake of the gospel. We talked about that last week a little bit. If you missed that message, check it out online. Because there are people saying yes to Jesus when they say, if you deny Jesus, we'll let you go. But if you say he's king and Lord, then we're going to cut your head off. And we're not willing to lose a job over Jesus. We're not willing to spend 20, 30 minutes in the word of God. We need to love God's word and we need to inspire each other to be inside the word of God. No laziness, busyness, failed intentions can stop us. All right, look at 2 Timothy, skipping on to the next chapter. Chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. It says, All scripture given is inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. Somebody say complete. complete. Any broken vessels in this place that need completion? I'll raise both my hands. He's that missing piece that locks into a puzzle that just needs that one piece. And his word is what completes us. It says, thoroughly equipped for every good 
work. Why do we need God's word? Because I need to be spiritually kept in check. I need to spiritually be kept in check to remind Ian what truth is. This is how in the year 2022, we are arguing and fighting about what a woman is. Because we have not allowed to keep our society to speak kept in check. Because God very plainly says what a man and woman is. Do you know that? I think it's so dumb. Somebody say dumb. Say it real Southern Hollywood. Dumb. That we are fighting over something as simple to identify as sex. In 10 years from now, what do you think we'll be fighting about? You better be grounded and rooted in the truth of Jesus. We need to be spiritually kept in check because we've all sinned, it says. We've all fallen short. And I need to be kept in check. I need to allow Jesus to be Lord of my life, not my flesh, not my desires apart from God, my evil desires that want to drag me and entice me away outside of the will of God. And if I'm going through that battle, then guess what? So is my brother. So is my sister. And so when I'm in the word of God, I'm getting stronger and I'm also helping my brothers and sisters get stronger with me. Look at that next point. Being our brother's keeper means we are devoted and earnest and disciplined in prayer. So we're going to talk about, kind of move away from talking about the word of God and how important it is. Really the word and prayer go hand in hand, I believe. And so prayer is power. It is the release valve, I love that, through which heaven comes to earth. We need to be, not just in the Word of God every day, we need to be praying every day, and not just for ourselves and for our families, but for our extended family and for our brothers and sisters. One of the first things I do every excuse me, day is when I leave the house, I pray for my family. I'm leaving for work. I lift up my wife. I lift up my kids. I ask the Holy Spirit He would protect them, protect me as I go and kill bugs uh, for the rest of my day and Whatever the Lord has for me that day, if there's opportunities to, to pray for a, a customer or opportunities to invite somebody to church, and the Lord has, he's been faithful. He's faithful, y'all, right? And, and so there's been moments when I passed the test. Y'all, there's been moments when I failed the test. But that's my prayer. And so my prayer has to be on a grander scheme of things of what the Lord wants to do in and through my life, over my life, for that, for that day, for that moment, for that time, that place that the Lord has me currently. We're all in different places, different seasons. So it's important that you're connecting to heaven. Do you know prayer is what connects you to heaven? Through prayer is how the resources of heaven are released into your life. You know, there's limitless resources in heaven that you need. There are things that you need to, to happen and transpire in your life, and the only way those will be released is through faith, through your connection, through prayer to God the Father, through your prayer life. Prayer is a two-way conversation. Did you know you can be in prayer without moving this? By sitting still and listening and worshiping and acknowledging that God is God, it's a two-way conversation. And if you, this is for somebody, challenge yourself to pray out loud. Pray loud enough. You don't have to shout to the hills or anything, but loud enough for your ears to hear you pray. Because we talked about how important our words are, right? And how important the Word of God is. 
But I believe if you just pray in here, silently in your mind, how do we manifest thoughts? Speak them with what? With your... You have maybe some awesome thoughts that you just haven't manifested with your words. And if you can manifest some of those thoughts and those prayers with your words loud enough for you to hear them, maybe that's that thing that the Lord begins to see and to bless. Right? We have to use our words as we pray to God. And we also pray His word. One of the most powerful things you can do is not just pray your words, but pray His word. Right? Look at James 5, 16. This is a CR scripture. Any CR folks in the house? All right? Bunch of you. I'm one. It says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. How weird would that be if somebody came up for prayer up here at the altar and they're coming seeking prayer and I just, we just said, okay, we're going to silently pray for you in our minds. Would that be weird? We pray for others out loud. So when we're alone, why don't we pray out loud? Right? It says pray for one another. And that's what I really want to focus on. I'm kind of getting off in the weeds a little bit. But it says pray for one another so that you may be healed. And it says the prayer of what? A righteous person has great power as it is working. Has anybody ever just connected to heaven on a prayer level where you just felt like you literally touched like heaven and you got that word, you got that assurance, you got that Rob's with me. I see you back there just nodding away, buddy. You was there, you felt it. Well, there was a release of power and anointing and peace and patience and everything that is good comes flowing from heaven, right? And prayer is how that happens. And when we do that for others, how powerful is that? When you don't just do that for yourself, when you do that for someone else that you love and care about, because prayer is how we fight for other people, y'all. Prayer is how you begin to make their burdens your burdens. You say, I love you so much. I see the pain. I see the struggle. I'm fixing to go into to, to, to prayer, to fight and pray and believe with you. Your burdens are now my burdens. Y'all, that's, that's different members of the same body experiencing the love of Christ, right? Think of our bodies' bodies. Y'all, I stubbed my toe last night in the dark. It hurt so bad. But now when I stubbed my toe, man, it hurt at 3 a.m. Because Xander was crying. I had to go get him. But it affected my whole body. It affected my mind at 3 a.m. I was like, I'm crying Bobby. I'm <laughs> crying Bobby. Is that even more? A crying baby. And I just stubbed my stinking toe. It hurts. When a brother or sister is struggling, whether it's a toe, whether it's an arm, whether it's a finger, whether it's a shoulder, or whatever part of body it is in the body of Christ, it affects the whole body. And so I hope my toe would get better quick so that the rest of my body could get better quick so that I could go accomplish a mission, right? When we pray for others, 
Their hurting becomes our hurting. We become one body. We become one flesh. We become one spirit and one mind. And when we worship and pray to the same God, supernatural powers release, supernatural signs, miracles, and wonders happen. Who believes it? Right? Look at the next point. So remember, the closer to the age, end of the age we get, the more we need each other and the more we need prayers of the saints to intercede on our behalf. This is what I know. No matter who you are, no matter how much money you make, no matter where you live, no matter how long you've been following Jesus, each and every one of us need help. Each and every one of us need encouragement. Each and every one of us, I'll raise both my hands, need prayer. Pray for your pastor, pastors. Pray for your brothers. Pray for your sisters. Because we all need that encouragement. Look at James 5, 19 through 20. A couple more scriptures down. We just read James 5, 16. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings that sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. When you pray for somebody, if somebody wanders off and you go to them and you, you bring them back into the will of God, not only are you responsible for helping save that brother or sister, keep them on the right path, on the right track, there is a forgiveness of sins, it says, that happens. It says Jesus leaves the 99. One person reads his Bible. You get an A today, right? Leaves the 99. How much more so does he want his church to be prepared to leave those maybe that, are, that we know are, are, are doing what they should, ones that are, are charging, the ones that are in the Word, ones that are doing the quiet time, ones that are, are growing the kingdom. And so we need to be challenged and inspired to be able to go to those that have wandered. There are people that used to come to this church that are no longer coming. Have you checked on those people? Have you sent them a message? Hey, how you doing? That is how we leave the 99 to, for the one. And it says... Somebody who brings that person back, how amazing and how awesome that is. Right? Look at that next point. So when we pray for one another and we join those in their struggle, prayer lightens the load, their load, releases bondages and makes hearts receptive to God's grace and to generosity. I said when we pray for somebody, their burdens become our burdens. Maybe if you reach out to that person that's wandered away, maybe when they get that message, maybe they say, oh my gosh, that is what I needed today. Maybe they reject it. I don't know. But what if they accept it and they say, you have no idea. I have just been waiting for somebody to come and help me or reach out to me. I've been out here doing this myself. We all make bad decisions. We all make the wrong decision. I'm not saying if somebody leaves, if it's the the right or the wrong thing to do, but maybe they made that decision and now they just need somebody to, to encourage them to come back, right? to encourage them to believe again, to encourage them to trust Jesus again, right? When you pray for someone, their burdens become our burdens. Try to imagine all the burdens that you carry every day what that looks like. Holy Spirit was speaking to me this week, and has anybody ever had to move before? Man, I hate moving. Has anybody ever tried to move a couch by themselves? 
<laughs> Talk about a burden. Trying to move a couch by yourself. Let's spiritualize this. Millions of people every single day have loaded up couches, chairs, beds, dressing tables, TVs. We load it up and we try to carry all this junk ourselves. And when you come alongside somebody and say, how can I pray for you? You know what happens? Stuff begins to come off. Now they say, my burdens become their burden. Now I got somebody to help me carry the couch. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Does that get an amen? Hallelujah. I need somebody to help move my couches of life. And when that happens, y'all, not only are we growing closer together, but God says somebody gets it. Somebody got outside of their, me, myself, and I, long enough to see somebody else's struggling and to ask them what they could do to help. To encourage, to help, to love, to show deep love for one another, to serve, to show that I love, to care, and to pray, right? Look at Ephesians 1, 5 through 15, or 15 through 20. Read real quick. It says, Ever since I have first heard of your strong faith in the Lord, Jesus, and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, Paul says, asking God, the glorious Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given those he called his holy people who are as rich in his glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand, excuse me, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. He says, I pray for you constantly. I pray that your hearts be flooded with light. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. Paul understood the Ephesians' needs. Do you understand the needs of the ones you love and care about the most? And if you understand the needs, are you praying for those needs? Because Paul understood. He was specific. He said, I am praying for this because I see and hear and know that you need this. Right? Do you even know your brother's needs? Have you even asked? Have you even asked, how could I help with prayer? How could I help in a, in a, a real physical way? Do we just need to go out for lunch and just sit and talk and just check up? Do I know anything about any of the situations that my brother or sister may be going through? We've got the next point. When we do that, prayer releases spiritual wisdom, insight, and understanding which empowers us to grow. When we walk in confident hope, it releases supernatural power to flow through our lives. Prayer allows us not just to grow ourselves, but grow together. And when we grow, then we begin to go together. When we take time to actually pray, supernatural seismic shifts occur. When we just take the time to pray, Real amazing things happen, and our entire perspective is even changed. Look at that last point. Closing question for you today. If God answered every prayer you prayed for others this week, what could happen? 
If God answered every single prayer that you prayed this week for somebody else, what do you think could happen? What types of lives would be changed? What types of circumstances would bow at the name of Jesus? What types of breakthroughs would our brothers and sisters encounter? Maybe you've heard the old adage, we have not because we ask not. I say maybe we have not because we pray not. Maybe my brother has not because I haven't prayed for them. Let me challenge you. Think of it like this. Maybe your brother's blessing is waiting on your obedience. Does that make sense? If I think of my life, my salvation happened really because of somebody else's prayers and because of somebody else's obedience. So maybe your brother's blessing is hinging on your obedience. Ian didn't want to go to Teen Challenge and get born again and saved and meet Jesus. See, but my mom had faith and asked me to go. Pastor Jeff Turner started Teen Challenge like 30, 40 years prior. If Pastor Jeff's faith and obedience had it happened to provide a place for lost, broken men, Ian's salvation maybe not have happened. Do you see that? Is it important that we're our brother's keeper? God is depending, church, on your faith and obedience maybe to unlock and release the blessings for our brothers and for our sisters. Y'all, that's crazy, ain't it? Y'all, whose life is fixing to change because of your obedience? Whose miracle might happen because of your obedience? Maybe somebody needs a new car and it's because God's told you you have a car. Maybe God wants you to bless somebody with a car. The person that needs a car needs to just get hooked up with you who has a car and based on your obedience, their breakthrough happens. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome? I don't know about you, but that excites me. I want to be obedient to what God asks. Amen. To be my brother's keeper. Y'all join me in prayer. So Lord, we love you. God, we thank you. I thank you for this word and thank you for Sunday and gathering with the church together, learning and growing. Pray that something I said today made sense. Something that I said stuck to us, sticks to us as we go and leave today. Let us see that we are our brother's keeper and that you call us to step into that responsibility and that our relationship with you really reflects our relationships with others. If I'm healthy in a healthy relationship with my brothers and sisters, then I'm probably in a healthy relationship with you, God. So I pray that we would step into that type of faith and obedience. I, I pray that we would be fervent in our prayers. I pray that we would be passionate about your word and that we would be in it every day. That we would see the opportunities to not just grow the kingdom of God, but to maintain that same kingdom. 
So that's working on all cylinders. Last thing I want to do is, if we're here and you're here, either in the sanctuary or watching us online, and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's, he's, he's your personal Lord. You've, you've said that prayer in your relationship with him every day. I want you right now to please pray for the lost. Pray for the lost, dying world. But if you're here in the sanctuary or watching us online and you say, Pastor Ian, I am that lost person. I don't know what would happen if I got into a car wreck today or if I got sick. And I want to change that today. I, I want to change my relationship, not just with others, but my relationship with God today. And so if, if that's you today, I, I want to change that with you. Excuse me, my mic's going out. But if that's you, what I want you to do is, if you're in a sanctuary, just, I want you right now just to stand up to accept Christ. I want to lead you in a prayer. Amen. Stand up. If you're watching us online, I want to invite you to put something in the chat and say, hey, I'm making that decision. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. And I want to thank you for those that are standing and continue to stand and lead us on a prayer in a moment. And I just want you to know God sees you. He sees your faith. He sees your struggles. He sees your life. He sees the potential locked inside of you. And I'm believing that today it can change, whatever it is. That thing that's holding you back, it can change. So I want to lead us all in a prayer. Hallelujah, the kingdom of God is growing. It's exciting. Let's all, let's all say it together loud and proud today. It's going to go like this. So Heavenly Father, we love you. We believe in you. And we accept your Son now as Lord and Savior of my life. Please forgive me in my past. Redeem my future and set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap today. Amen. God's good. So good. Who's glad you came to church today? Amen. Bunch of you, man. We're glad you came too. Y'all come back and see us next week. Bring a friend if you want. And uh, y'all are dismissed, okay? Enjoy this beautiful hot day out today.